back of a car where Adam Vinatieri is desperately texting Pat McAfee, begging to be let into his house. It's the Seahawks Nest Podcast. <laughs> That's really good. That's good. He went full Cuban on it. Yeah, there it is. That's the full Cuban when you uh, when you're desperately texting someone. Yeah, you know how that died with uh, Mark Cuban being awkward. That needs to come back. Yeah, I, I miss the Mark Cuban is just so desperate and crazy to about winning because you know Dallas Mavericks suck this year. I uh, I haven't watched the NFL in so, or in the NBA in so long that I only remember it as Mark Cuban got kicked out of games a lot for running on the court. <laughs> Yeah, not anymore, dude. That's He's my last. Totally uh, that's safe. my last Mark Cuban meme. All right, well, we're uh, we're here and we're ready to do some uh, some NFL news, some Seahawks news. We got real questions from real people who are just as desperate for football as we are. Uh, <laughs> we're on we're on a week. Well, we got like thirteen weeks to go till preseason or something. Too many. Yeah, it's a lot. We're going to be getting into. Uh, we're going to have some free agency stuff. Uh, what March 9th? Yeah, and the draft will be really nice too. Draft will be good. We're going to have some stuff. Uh, if you guys watch the website, we're going to have um, postseason wrap articles starting this week, and then we're going to start getting into some uh, acquisitions information after yeah. that. And we're 196 days from the first regular season game, so you know that's depressing. we've got a ways to. Don't go. forget the Seahawks will. Come up with something. There will be some form of entertainment in the off season. Don't forget if you need to catch us off guard. If you need to take a nap, baseball's back soon. She got my Mariner shirt on. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm just ready saying, to sleep. You like to, if you like if you're gonna get ready to fall asleep, baseball will be returning soon. I love watching baseball when I'm grading. Yeah, I was gonna say I love watching baseball while I do something <laughs> else. Yeah, that's the best part about baseball. All right, so uh, let's talk. Uh, let's talk Seahawks. You want to go Seahawks uh, first? Yeah, always Seahawks course. first. Seahawks are first because they're number one in our hearts. And That's also, right. I tried to order it in the order that I thought people would like. Okay, so everyone's here for Seahawks. So then, if you're only here for Seahawks, we do that first. Then you could turn the podcast off. <laughs> and then, if you're here for other NFL ramblings, you can go through that. And then, if you're like, you know what, I don't really like the part where they don't talk about football at all, then you can turn it off after. So you know, it, I tried to structure the podcast in a way. As which the listener could disengage at whatever point you can they feel bail at whatever point you yeah. are out of. Don't interest. ever say that Nathan Santo doesn't care about the listeners because he mean, totally I'm, does. I'm trying to make it as easy as possible to give everyone what they want. Because Eric, it's not about you; it's about the consumer. <laughs> hey guys, <laughs> we have to give Jamarcus Webb six hundred thousand dollars next year. Jamarcus, why are we giving Jamarcus Russell any money at no, all? Jamarcus I'm, Webb, who? Right tackle, Jamarcus Webb. You know the the guy that we we hung on to for no reason. He you got to narrow a, that list. He's an offensive lineman. Still have supposedly. to narrow it. He's vague. You're too vague. He's not Gary Gilliam. He might be. <laughs> he might be better. No. He's he's a lateral Gary Gilliam. Yeah. Hey, oh oh, uh, you mean I the know. guy that everyone in Chicago told us we're going to hate, and then we did. I thought it was New Orleans, but yeah. Um. No, that was uh, that was the other guy. That was Jari Evans. Oh, right, yeah. Wait, let's. Oh uh, yeah, you're right. Let's go into our questions because we had so many regrettable offensive line. Honestly, signings. if we're gonna go, if we're gonna go full offensive line now, Dang, there's no guy, hope for us. This guy's been on like so many teams: Chicago, Kansas City, Oakland. Like man, Jamarcus Webb got around. Yep. Yeah, and when we cut him, he'll get around some more, maybe. Uh. So should we just go into that? Yeah, the yeah, offensive like line to. question. Let's dig into the questions. Should yeah, um, wait, offensive line question. I don't have an offensive line question. Oh, sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's go to this question. Uh, this is this is for Nathan because I want to start strong for Nathan. Oh no, this is from uh, one of our patrons, Michelle. Okay, you're gonna love it. She's great. 
How comfortable. She's already a hero because she's a patron. I said I probably said her name on this podcast like 15 times. Yes. And, and remember hero. that when you hear this and you don't get angry because you hate the subject here. How comfortable are you going into the postseason run next year without Steven Hauschka and with possibly someone like Blair Walsh or a rookie? Sure. Seems fine. Kickers are fungible assets. Uh, and it's, uh, the kicking thing is, is mental. It's very mental. Uh, like uh, guys either have it or they don't. They lose it all of a sudden and then suddenly they also just can get it back too. We've seen that happen to kickers. Like, I mean, Guskowski was terrible next year and I'm sure that he'll be great the, or this year and he was not that good. He missed a bunch of extra points. Next year, I'm sure he'll be awesome again. It just kicking is weird. It's a weird thing. You gotta be ready to come out and do it ice cold and, uh, House goes a good kicker, but I'm more than willing to walk away because he's going to be the, the third highest paid kicker in the league next year. Yeah. It's a, I think it's a stupid place to put cap money when we have glaring holes elsewhere and we can get probably 95% of as much out of someone who's making one quarter as much. Do you want me to prove that? Sure. I can prove that. Because as I say, Blair Walsh is like barely worse than Stephen Hauschka and Kurt Turner. No, he was significantly stats. worse. Uh, so Hauschka made... Uh, about almost uh, it was three and a half million, I believe it was. It was either three point two five or three point five two. And he made eighty nine point two percent of his field goals and eighty three percent of his extra points. Just last year, are we only counting last year? This is last year. Oh, because I was going to say Blair Walsh's career field goal percentage is actually pretty good. I think like eighty five percent. Yeah, but last year, okay. Last so year last he year was... he made seventy five percent of his field goals and seventy eight point nine percent of his extra sure, points. But, they... but that was coming off of the terrible. Like this is he got he's a bounce back broken. candidate. He got mentally broken. Like it, this is absolutely year, a high upside play. The year before that, he made eighty seven percent of his field goals, which is incredible. Like that's yeah. a that's like fantastic. Rate. That's just slightly worse than Hauschka, but he made more extra points that year. And really, with kicking being a mental game, you'll have, you know, f- fans anywhere, especially in the Midwest, especially Minnesota, places like Wisconsin, you'll hear people going, you know, oh, get them out of here. And that, for whatever reason, is really taxing on a kicker. So here's, oh, yeah. here's the part to add to that. So we have, uh, I got two insert random kicker here, kickers. I have Greg the Leg Zerline, who made, is uh, he on his rookie contract still? No, he made one okay. and a quarter million last sure. year. And Robbie Gold made $985,000 yep. last year. Okay, yep. Those are both just random guys that make, like, you know, towards the lower end of the spectrum. Uh, I put them, I, I literally looked for the middle of the pack. I think these are number 16 and number 18 in kicker wage. Yep. Um, so Zerline made 86.4% of his field goals, 3% less, and all of his extra points. So I'd say that's at least a wash. Yep. For 2 million less. Robbie Gold made 100% of his field goals and 87% of his extra points, which is basically just as good for under a million dollars. That yeah. is gold, why you don't spend a bunch part, on a kicker. One thing to take into account is Gold only played part of the season. Yeah, he but was, he still made like 12 field goals, I think it was, which is you know not a ton, but that's a decent amount. Right. He played 10, ga- he played 10 games. He went 12 for 12. He went 20 for 23 on extra points, which is fine. Yeah, and at least half of his games were outside, which you know, yeah, and that's he, under a million dollars. The Meadowlands, which is not easy. Yeah, uh, and I mean, yeah, that's the thing is, is that yeah, if someone's gonna pay Hauschka, if we can get Hauschka back for like one point five, sure, I'm in. I'm all in. Oh, absolutely. I'm all about. But that's it. not gonna happen. But I'd rather have Blair Walsh for nine hundred thousand than Hauschka for four for three point five million. It's just yeah, the, Walsh if he gets the roster bonus is one point one million. Ooh. He's eight hundred thousand base salary and a three hundred thousand dollar roster that bonus. Seems per- that seems perfect. To me. That's perfectly legitimate. Um, I actually did a little research though for Nathan's favorite uh, surprise draft question. 
Okay. Uh, draftable kickers. Oh, why? Because you always ask this. This is. So, I kind of want to know this to make fun of how stupid. It I don't is. care. Before you go in, this is kind of what I, I want to hear because this is, goes along with Michelle's question, but also rookie kickers kind of scare me. So, Kevin, give me your information. Okay, yeah, so well, rookie kickers shouldn't was, scare you because Wyo was horrible last year. That's probably why he's scared because like the most hyped rookie kicker ever was awful last year. Though they also did not have a great offensive line, and also, why do you hype a rookie kicker? That's that's mistake one. <laughs> So um, I just pulled who I consider to be probably the four best uh, kickers going into the draft. 71% field goals for Roberto Aguayo last that's year. A, that's a C minus. Dude, he missed he missed six field goals from 40 to 49. That's horrible. Yeah, you're not supposed 10. to do that. All right, Kevin. Anyway, go okay. ahead. So uh, my favorite kicker in the draft this year is Andy Phillips out of Utah. Uh, he made more. <laughs> Kevin has a favorite kicker. I do have a favorite kicker. You can deal with it. <laughs> Uh, he made over 80% of his field goals all four years. He started all four years at kicker. Um, he Kevin. also made 100% of his extra points. Uh, three out of four years, he missed one extra point in college. And he has kicked some 50-yard uh, field goals, 50-plus yard field goals. what about Zane Gonzalez, Kevin? I just looked up a list of the, uh, kicker, the kick draftable kickers. Zane Gonzalez had a really good senior year, but the rest of his career, he was actually a little shaky in a lot of ways. Like, he had a really shaky junior year. He was good his freshman and sophomore year. Um, he was six for nine over 50 yards a senior year. That's pretty dope. Which is pretty good. Uh, Zane Gonzalez and Andy Phillips are the two kickers I would draft. Uh, Jake Elliott and Adam Griffith are also considered pretty high up there. Uh, Jake Elliott is not a, hey. he's, he's tiny. Adam he's five nine, one sixty five. Adam Griffith's career numbers are not good. Yeah. I was going to say Adam Griffith looking at the stats three for seven last year and in the 40 to 49 yards. Yep. Yikes. I don't think Adam Griffith really has a great leg. I would take Jake Elliott as a UDFA out of Memphis. He's small, but he's been really accurate for most of his career. I think he'd be accurate in that 40 to 49 range, but I think if you're trying to crank it over 50, he's not going to be a great guy for it. I like the, the stat line they put for this Boise State kicker. They're like, he was 9 of 13 in 2016. It's like, he only kicked 13 goals. Like, give me a break. He kicked a lot of extra points, though, with that Boise offense. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So uh, I do think there are two draftable kickers. They'll probably go in, like, the seventh round because I would never spend better than a seventh on a kicker. And if we walked away with Andy Phillips or Zane Gonzalez, I'd feel good. Kay. If we walked away with Jake Elliott on a UDFA deal, I'd feel good about that, too. Okay, Kevin. A lot of people are saying... Matt Davis, the kicker from UNC Pembroke, is impressing NFL scouts. I just wanted you to know. I like how Nathan... One, UNC Pembroke is a real school. Yep. And two, I had to like really Google to find this. That is a really generic name of a person from a really not generic name of a college. He's a Division II record holder, and apparently he... uh he really impressed. You know scouts. that's who Pete Carroll's so, going for. Just so you know, this is Nathan bringing up a really important fact about kickers, and that is... Kicking is completely independent of where you go to school. Yeah. They're not like, oh, man, his kicking competition level was low. No one cares you're a kicker. So, I mean, these are the guys who end up being undrafted free agents, and then they have, like, 20-year careers in the NFL because it doesn't matter. Okay, this Matt Davis guy, man, he's got some, like, legendary stuff. Six of six over 50 yards, including a 58-yarder. Set five school records for UNC Pembroke. Points scored in a game. Most field goals in a game. Most points scored in a season, longest field goal, 58 yards. That's nuts. And long, longest punt, 78 yards. He punted yeah, and This man kicked. does it all. I'm Can't, into this guy. I, I hope 
My they, money. <laughs> Give me Matt Davis in round six. In baby. complete on round six. Shut up. <laughs> in, in complete honesty, if if uh, this if they were like, oh, this is your undrafted free agent, what would your reaction be? Okay, well, that seems fine. I think Matt Davis in round six seems reasonable. He kicked a fifty-eight yarder. That's pretty good. <sighs> Nathan dude. took his least favorite subject and turned it into the gold star of this podcast. We've him. Nate, Nate is now doing all the draft-related kicker L- preview. Patreons, look forward to your kicking videos. Nope. He's, yes, they're going to do coming. another I'm just video. Post a YouTube video of Matt Davis highlights that someone else made. I'm not going to make a highlight video. <laughs> you should. Will do you that. put I'm your okay head down it. in the corner, just looking at the screen with your reaction? You should. You should actually uh, post a video of you reacting. You should do a reaction video to someone else's video of Matt Davis. This is highlight. Oh, Ooh, man, that's this is good radio. Or, you know, I should do. I should play like a like a rap video. Anyway, let's stop talking. About <laughs> All right, let's videos. go to the next question. Uh, another Patreon, our good friend Augustine. This one, Kevin, the Argentinian twelfth man contingency. There you go. Right. And this is just for you, Kevin. The I mean, King, I would say that he is the Southern Hemisphere's best Seahawks fan. <laughs> you Ooh, like that? You like that? I'm there. I'm there. That's that's up in it. He deserves it. At, at me, Australia. Yeah, come at, come at me. Come at me, New Zealand slash India. <laughs> Where, where am I going? <laughs> At me, Madagascar. <laughs> yes. If I don't get a, if I don't get a tweet from someone that lives in the Sudan this week, I'm going to be really disappointed. <laughs> yeah. We can, is that just in general for life? I'm just. Well, that Egyptian guy. Uh, is it Egypt's in the Southern Hemisphere still, right? Yeah, it is. Still, that's close. still. Well, I mean, that's they haven't right moved on, it. That's got to be right on the equator. I don't know my geography. <laughs> Depends on what part of Egypt. Yes, that is true, actually. Because the Egyptian guy does tweet us, and I think... Let me... All right, all right. <laughs> no, this is Kevin, not happening. Kevin, take, Kevin, take this question quick. I'm sorry, we'll ghost for you while you're doing this, since oh, yeah. that's the key to the show. What is right. the... Uh, this is a good... This is a fun question. What's the stupidest mock draft pick you've seen so far for the Seahawks? Okay, so um, oh, for those of you who don't know... It's way in the Northern Hemisphere, by the way. I wasn't even close. <laughs> so... <laughs> Just, it depends on what part of Egypt you're talking about. Current Egypt or the southern stretches of the Egyptian Empire 2,000 years the ago. The Sudan isn't even in the southern. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Madagascar is. I was right. Yep. Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> is, is New Zealand? <laughs> yes. yes. The, New the New correct Zealand. answer? Yes. Hey, Antarctican, Antarctican Seahawks fans, come at me. <laughs> It's too it's too cold for football. All right, Kevin. Can be so that's angry the angry flat earth. Okay, let's <laughs> right. go really off the rails. So, too late. I uh, I went through and just so people who know, if you look up mock the draft on SB Nation, they actually have this really handy thing where it uh, calibrates and creates a pie chart for percentages of mock drafts for certain players going to certain teams, which is kind of useful for this. So I did that's that nice. and a little bit of searching to come up with this list. So these are the players I see being. Uh, thrown to us in the first round. Um, offensive tackle Cam Robinson out of Alabama. Offensive tackle slash guard Forrest Lamp from Western Kentucky. Offensive tackle Garrett Bowles from Utah. You keep saying this word that I, it's, and it's making me really, uh, like, I just feel so good. It says, you keep saying offensive tackle. Offensive tackle Ryan Ramsick oh, from Wisconsin. Keep going, keep going. I like it so much. Cornerback Marlon Humphrey I'm from Alabama. Yeah, I'm into that too. Keep, keep it up. You're going to love this one next. Contain yourself, sir. Defensive tackle Malik McDowell from I'm Michigan in, State. It, it, that's super into that. That's a good one too. Offensive guard Dan Feeney from Indiana. I can live with that. Outside linebacker Hassan Reddick from Temple. Okay, I think starting to lose it a little. Outside, outside linebacker, like if the we do need like to get a really like 
aggressive outside linebacker. I think first round picks. So my comp for him is Bruce Irvin, by the way, yeah. just so you know. And, that, and he is aggressive. He's aggressive. That. He's a pass rush first. He's actually a down defensive end in uh, college who showed that he could stand up in a 3-4, and that's a lot like Bruce Irvin. He's around that size, too. Okay. He actually walked on as a safety. Um, And running back Christian McCaffrey from Stanford. Okay, wait. I have a sound to describe how I feel about this. Christian McCaffrey from Stanford. We've heard this. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> is, that, is that okay? Is that uh, I just, in in, in my head, I pictured the gif of the rock that you post all the time. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> if we... It's such a re- we. I don't mind us actually a- approaching running back in the offseason. But in the first round, like here's 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 an example of how I'd like us to approach running back. No one wants to sign Jamal Charles. Jamal Charles wants to go to a winning team on a redemption contract. We sign Jamal Charles for four million dollars. That's the kind of running back contract situation I want the Seahawks oh, to get in. I have another one. Not I do. Seahawks spend spend a first round draft pick on a running back. Seahawks spend fourth round draft pick on. Running back that can also be backup return guy. Yeah, that's fine. I that's fine with that. me. Uh, another thing too is, uh, why would we want McCaffrey when we already have ProSize, who Thank is you. like a perhaps better version of the same thing, or at least brings the same tool set? Right. Okay, bringing this back to the question, would you say McCaffrey is the, the stupidest? Kevin? McCaffrey is the, the only makes the, most the least useless. amount of sense for what's going on the here. Only uh, thank you, Charlie Casserly. The only thing about. <laughs> Another thing about the McCaffrey is the only thing he, I can see he's clearly better at ProSize is is that he's better at being white. That's like, <laughs> that's like the only thing he's better at CJ ProSize. Uh, he's a better inside runner than ProSize. I would I don't even know if we're going to use that first round pick. To be honest with you, I would not be surprised if we like traded down to the top of the second round. That's what we that's we always so do what we're prone to do. Here's the thing with that. So um, I mentioned, uh, so there's three people that I think are genuinely offensive tackles. Uh, Forrest Lamp out of Western Kentucky played left tackle in college. A lot of people project him inside the guard because he's like 6'4", 305. Um, he's a really strong guy. He does have some slide kick ability, but if he ended up playing tackle, he'd play right tackle. I really don't think he's a left tackle in the NFL. And so I'm going to exclude him from this conversation because what we're really talking about is can we pick up a left tackle? I think that's what we're really thinking and what we're really wanting. Can we, so, can we not, can we draft a tackle and not move him to guard? Cam Robinson, Garrett Bowles, and Ryan Ramzik are the three people they're talking about being first round offensive tackles with left tackle potential. Okay. I think if any of those three are still around, I don't see Seattle trading out, but if those three, those three are, are gone, be gone, they are not going to be gone. I don't think. I think really? it's. I, I think it's unlikely they'll. All be I gone. think it's too hard to say because Somebody, as it gets closer to the draft, you get a better feeling of where guys are going. And go. also, I feel like every year teams start reaching for tackles. It happens every year. But I think you could reach for tackles this year and still not have all three gone. Like that's the thing. There's a lot. So. But let's say all three are gone. In the situation, all three are gone. That means... And none of them are, like, elite, elite, right? So, like, there's a chance that they all slide into the middle of the round. Yes. Uh, which is why I think if they all slide into the middle, a couple of things just kind of balancing a certain way would put would push one of them right into the Seahawks. And you're talking, the three you're talking about are... Are uh, Robinson, Bulls, Bulls, and Ramzik. Ramzik, okay, yeah. And I think Ramzik is... Ramzik or Robinson are going to be the first offensive tackle off the board. 
But I think Robinson and Bulls both have a chance of falling. Oh, Ramzik isn't Ramzik like coming off an injury? Uh, Ramzik's coming off an injury. Uh, no, Ram. I mean, yeah, but not like a huge one. Is there like a hip he- surgery? Like I, I read a thing that said he. I thought that was Bulls that was coming off the. No, right, if that's Ramzik. He's gonna. Okay. He's not gonna work out at all going up until the combine, and might not even work out at the combine. So the thing with Ramzik and Bulls is that they both were transfers. Um, Bulls was a transfer from a D two school, uh, via a D three that did not have, uh, football, and uh, Ramzik is a transfer from a JUCO, and so they didn't have a lot of D one starts. So teams that are really hung up on that are probably gonna bypass them. Uh, so, my com- so Cam Robinson will 100% be gone, is basically what I'm hearing. I that, feel like that's going to happen, and, we, and I feel like Ramzik might go before Robinson. I think Bulls is the most likely to fall to us. The only thing with Robinson, I will say, my personal comparison for Robinson, until I see more, is Russell Okung. Laramie Tunsil. Cause no. Because he, he apparently has off-the-field issues. It's Russell Okung. <laughs> it's 100% Russell Okung. Because oh, Laramie Tunsil is actually good. Russell, Ooh. I think Russell Okung is he a great right tackle who's a sure. middle of the pack left tackle. Yeah. And I think that's exactly what Cam Robinson will be. And well, because of that, I could see him slipping. And there's still this, this, uh, outside shot that we may go after Russell Okung. That sure. he may or become like a free there's agent. There's all kinds of offensive tackles that are going to be available in free agency. Andrew Whitworth, uh, this, uh, this Brandon Albert trade to the Jaguars that may or may not happen. Like if that falls through, they're probably going to cut him or we could get him for a low draft pick. So I have a proposal. Oh, by the way, the other thing I was going to say is I think if those offensive tackles are gone, what I really see happening is Seattle trades back into the top of the second because a lot of the teams that are looking for offensive tackles are the same teams looking for cornerbacks. If they are taking the offensive tackles, they're not taking the corners. So it's the corners or. are slipping. Okay. And that means they could, that Seattle could trade back into the top of the second and get a first round cornerback. And I think that's the type of move that Seattle makes every time they can. And these are the two positions that we're talking about. We being most Seahawk fans of what we want to go after. In my opinion. So Pete Carroll said he wants cornerback, outside linebacker, offensive line. And that makes perfect sense. Of those three positions, Offensive tackle and cornerback corner are the two that you spend a first round pick on. Yeah, the outside linebacker. I don't know. I mean, I I know we need depth. I just don't. I don't understand that. We can get into that closer to the draft. We also run out the nickel so much last year. If you look, like Mike Morgan was our starting offensive, or our starting outside linebacker. He didn't see the field that much. We run out the nickel a lot. I mean, we play Bobby. We play uh, KJ, and then we basically play Cam as linebacker Cam. Like Nate talks about, in-the-box Cam Chancellor is the best Cam Chancellor. And in-the-box Cam Chancellor is basically a versatile linebacker. Yeah, he's fourth linebacker in a 4-3. He's the third in a nickel. Rover. Uh, Rover. Yep. Real quick, finishing up this question, uh, is there, going over those picks, what is your, what is your favorite name you're seeing, uh, that a lot of, uh, like your favorite mock draft pick for the Seahawks? Okay. So something Without going I think over a ton of names. Something I think could realistically happen. Okay, because I was going to say, I mean, it'd be really nice if we got Cam Robinson or uh, Ramzik, but I don't think there's... I, I think we have a legitimate chance of picking up either Kelvin Beecham or Riley Reif. 
who can both hold down left tackle and aren't going to make a ton of money for next year, those will be sub $10 million contracts, probably like somewhere in the like $5 million almost, area. That's a lot of our cap room that we have. Right but there. I think if we spend $5 million on a left tackle, we're doing all right. I think that I agree could with that. happen with either of them. Hey, well, our whole offensive line makes $6.2 million. Yeah, that so needs to change. You're almost doubling the salary of our offensive line here. That Kevin. sounds good to me. How, how worried? Uh, oh, I'm and sorry. If that your... happens, if we can pick up uh, Bulls from Utah, and have the option to start him at right tackle to begin his career, I think that that is a really dynamic, great setup. So, so this, are you talking about starting him at right tackle and eventually moving him into left? Yep. Okay. I think starting him at right tackle and he could become a left tackle later on or just a really elite right tackle. But I think picking up – because Kellen Beecham, the thing with him was he did well last year coming off the ACL injury. He was good in pass protection, but he had some trouble in the run game. He just couldn't kind of get out there to the second level. Uh, Bulls is a really, like, very mobile player. So if we had Beecham at left tackle just to make sure we weren't getting dominated in the pass rush and then picked up, uh, like, a road grading right tackle for the run game, suddenly our offensive line becomes really good. Okay, I can see that, and I I like those points. Uh, I'm going to fire off a depressing question to you guys. How likely how worried are you that the Seahawks are going to draft an offensive lineman our first offensive lineman we draft will be in the third round and that it will one be someone who's a bit of a reach that you thought might go in the fourth or fifth round because we've done that before or that we're going to draft more project players on this aging Seahawks team how give me your level of concern you can you can do that in numbers you can go a color chart um, you can go. You can go buy apples. Your favorite apple, your least is, favorite apple. Tom Cable's are red delicious. <laughs> that is my opinion about. Uh, so, I think that's unfortunately really likely. There are a lot of the offensive tackles in the draft this year are right tackles or possible future guards or projects. Because they played in lower division schools or like there's this kid out of Troy who has short arms and they're not sure he'll like he has a 32 and a half inch reach Ooh. and you want 34 usually for a left for an offensive tackle. I was going to say. But he also doesn't really have the base to play guard that well. Like if we end up getting a guy like that, that doesn't always work out. Um, like especially when you have Calais Campbell and. Uh, well, possibly in this division, but um, with the 49ers length on defensive line, things like that, that could be deadly for us. So I think there's a good chance. Uh, Roderick Johnson from Florida State is a guy who never seemed to put it all the way together in college, but has all the raw physicals. No, that you want. Though he, he can't put it together, but he has the tools. I but he also guy. protected the blind side for Jameis Winston's Heisman year. You know, I mean, and he blocked for Dalvin Cook getting 2,000 yards every year you know okay so the production was there but you also saw the breakdowns okay. and so it's really hard to say with a guy like that and do we trust this coaching staff to coach up an offensive lineman right now nathan? i think the answer in this podcast is pretty clear nathan do you trust this uh, this coaching yeah, staff to coach up an offensive lineman no exactly. are you are you worried about these draft pick possibilities that i presented to you i mean i don't want us to don't draft a converted don't don't draft if, a linebacker. If we're going to take a chance line. on a project guy, it should be like a cornerback. It should be like, oh, we're going to try to draft Kevin King and in the fourth round and make him really good. You know what I mean? He's like, going to go before that, but yeah, I know what you mean. Like, 
But I mean, Kevin. We're gonna draft this guy from like left western Louisiana state. Higher than the fourth round, he'll go in the late second to the third. Uh, I I think he's like more third fourth. Unless he unless he runs really bad at the combine. He run. I if he runs anything slower than a four five, the tape's gonna ruin him. Because the tape is not kind. I don't feel like to Kevin King. Uh, like he seemed, and especially for our style of defense, I don't know. Maybe a team that really wants to play press man and just like let him be super physical. But like our zone th- stuff, his his zone stuff is like. Eh. I agree. He's definitely better for a press man team. I mean, I. He he has a little Earl Thomas syndrome, maybe where like the safety makes him look better. The safety makes him look better than he maybe actually is. I don't know, because the safeties on UW safeties are great. Yeah, JoJo McIntosh, friendly fire, yeah. and uh, Buda Baker. Who's... Buda Baker, real good. Buda, Buda Baker, Baker is my is my pick for our first pick in the draft. That is so, my that is my dark horse pick. Just so you know, uh, I mean, what would there have been scouts? Play? There are multiple scouts in the NFL who said that if uh, he was going to the draft as a corner instead of a safety, he'd be probably the third ranked corner. He's I'd considered could, to be the best. Uh, him, him and Tease Tabor that. out of Florida question. are considered the two best slot corners in the draft. Answer your question, Nathan. I say that he would play corner for us and eventually move into Earl's spot, or he would eventually move into Cam's spot as a traditional strong safety. All right, I'm fine with that. Buda I think because Buda Baker is awesome. very versatile, and I, mean, I, I versatile. If you want to talk about good. two players, that could, uh, the idea of having Earl Thomas and Buda Baker is insane. Yes, because a, the two of them can literally cover the field. Yes, well, Earl Thomas can cover the field. I know. Uh, so, so uh, another. I, I mean, that's the same reason I want Jabril Peppers. It's not because I think like he's a great team fit. It just doesn't matter. Like. You put a great athlete out there, a smart, like that's what Pete does. Talented athlete out there, he's gonna. Unless you're an offensive lineman, gonna, he'll play to your strengths. He's gonna do fine. <laughs> he's gonna do fine. And you know what, Jabril Peppers? You know what? On first down, we'll play him at outside linebacker. On on second down, we'll play him at slot corner. And you know what I mean? Like they'll figure out. They would figure out how to use him. Not that he'll be available when we pick, but yeah. I mean, right now he's falling, but just so everyone knows this is the part of the year where all the people that are combine freaks fall, and then the combine happens, and they're freaks. Yeah. And then they start like, jumping right yeah, they're back. They're gonna up. be like, "Oh, Jabril Peppers has giant hands, and he can run a four five forty and jump like seventy inches." So oh, look yeah. for like Mike Williams that. out of Clemson to pop up. Uh, look at uh, Deshaun Kaiser out of Notre Dame, the quarterback. Physical um, tools, man. He's so good. Yeah, these uh, Jabril Peppers, these guys with just crazy physical tools. Uh, at the end of this month, when the combine happens, they'll be making themselves a few million dollars. I okay. love, I love that time of the year though, because like I think of Jake Locker and how he went from like, was this? Can this guy do it? To let's let's pick him ninth because of combine numbers, and it's. I want to seed. I want to seed another idea in your guys' heads, just because I know that um, it's not. Uh, I know it's not. Uh, I, don't, I don't like. I know we're not talking about free agents totally, but the um, Jason Peters is apparently available to be traded for. The Eagles have said like I would one hundred percent go after. Him. Oh my gosh, he's thirty five years old, but Jason Peters is so good. We're talking about uh, Andrew Whitworth, and he's thirty five. Jason, I'd so much rather have Jason Peters than Andrew. I think Whitworth. you could get a good year and a half out of him. A year and a half. Like, I think you could get. Three I think you get two years. years. I think you get two solid years out of him. Two, two. I think you get two at the top level, but the third year is probably not going to be that bad. Comparative to what we've had, I mean, sure. It's he. I think thirty-eight-year-old uh, Jason Peters is probably twice as good as George Fant. Here's the, the thing: <laughs> if you get George, if you get uh, Jason Peters, and then let's say in the third or the fourth round you pick up a guy like Roger Johnson, Peters can help bring Johnson along. So in two seasons, when he's ready to go, 
you know, Johnson's actually like a functioning left tackle. Yeah, they're like everyone's like the, the Eagles gotta restructure Jason Peters. They gotta they gotta do something about this contract. So like the rumor is that they're just gonna have to trade him because they like can't they they're not gonna have like a good full roster unless they get get him out of there, which is great for us if they end up trading him. Yeah, that'd be he's, ideal. He's so good. Would you rather have him or uh, Albert? I mean, I'd pay Jason Peters $11.2 million Yeah, in a heartbeat. I would have him over anybody else almost. I know he's 35 years old, but I just don't care. Like, no, you're that into he's him, just huh? so good. He's really good. His mileage actually isn't that bad either. I mean, he's just... For he's, being 35? He's, he's never picked up a ton of injuries. Like, he's been healthy his, almost his entire career, which, you know, that's the only thing you want to worry about. It's like, oh, has this guy taken a, just a beating? Has he been hurt all his whole career? It's like, no. He's just a solid, like, great football player. Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to have him. I'd be super into it. Um, all right, all right. That's our that's our questions for the Seahawks. Do you want to move into the NFL now? Uh, yeah. I mean, if you guys feel like that covers. Uh, I mean, we have we have so much draft ahead of us. We have a lot of free agency talk ahead of us. I don't want to. Yeah, we're gonna get heavier into free agency it. next week and the following week because free agency right. starts well, in two weeks. Bill Bon Benoit, Bill Barnwell's posted his five moves to make for every team. And I just want to bring it up really quick, ours. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he said it was really tempting to just put, we need to address every line position and that's it, which I agree with. Yeah. Uh, he said we should leave the Jimmy Graham, Graham contract alone. I, this is a really strong tight end draft, but I tend to agree. He said draft one of those tight ends and have, bring them along, which I think is fine. I think Nick Vanette's that guy though. Add depth at DT, which I've been saying for a while. I think we all can agree there. Um, and he's draft a strong side linebacker. Yep. Fine with that. Michael Morgan's probably gone. Uh, pretty popular But opinion. that's also a player we can pick up in the mid-rounds. And then last thing is, uh, get a running back if the free agency market crashes like Adrian Peterson or Jamal Charles, which I mm. agree. Yeah, I think Barnwell's moves make a lot of sense. Um, though, again, I would be equally fine with drafting a guy. This is a super deep running back draft. And sure. I don't know, do you think Tremaine Pope's really like a guy we have to hang on to no but i mean here's the thing let's say we keep three running backs next year if they're you know aging adrian peterson or aging jamal charles and pro and rawls that's a great running back core yeah yes like probably the best running back core in the league and we got a new Ooh. running backs coach to go with it yeah you think, I you think better than dallas so elliot yeah probably. morris it doesn't even DMC. matter if those other guys both leave the team it's ezekiel it's probably better than any other running back core yeah. in the league just by himself yeah especially at his age but either way that's 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 definitely a strong running back core speaking of that dallas is uh dallas's offensive linemen restructured their contracts to make sure the team gets to stay all together because they're the only team that's over next year's projected cap that's nice of them uh, so they they just have to get rid of romo and they're under the cap anyway which uh, i don't want to talk about which that. will happen that's depressing because they're going to be real good again all right let's talk about uh, some nfl news um, the Browns signed a long, this is one Seahawks related. I'm going to start this. The Browns signed a long snapper to a six year deal that makes him the highest paid long snapper in the league. <laughs> Do you guys think that that's something the Seahawks should have done? No. <laughs> Anything else? No, I just wanted to, I just wanted to. Well, hey man, the Browns have the cap space. There was a lot of hand wringing last year about, you know, oh, Nolan Freese and, you know, our long yeah, snapper. How much cap room do the Browns have? I don't, 105 million. Exactly. That's okay. why you do that. Uh, okay. Here's, here's a, here's a philosophical question. Would you guys like on, on jersey, on field advertising in exchange for less cutaway advertising? I know the NFL is so greedy that we'd have cutaway advertising and on field advertising. Thank you. But let's just pretend like that's an actual thing that could happen. I'm, I'm going to say no because 
NBA jerseys have that now, and I don't watch a lot of NBA, but it just bugs the hell out of me. And no, See, I I love it in soccer. I love that the action just never cuts away. The game just goes, and I watch I watch NFL games on um without all with all the BS taken out, you know, for when I watch Game Rewind, and like the games only take like twenty five thirty minutes to watch, so I know they could cut an you know sixty minutes out of a NFL broadcast without with very little problem. So that's kind of where I'm at. On I it. think it would make the watching experience better. I agree. Okay. Um, how bad do you feel for Phil Rivers? Because there's a think piece that came out uh, interview. Phil Rivers says he, his biggest regret is not winning at all for San Diego. I don't... I, I mean, everyone wants to win it all, but I feel like Phil Rivers legitimately loved San Diego, and now he had to like be on the team when they moved. and I just feel kind of bad for him. I know? feel Phil Rivers... The, the San Diego Chargers had a great team. you know. Yeah. Like Phillip Rivers and Ladanian Tomlinson on the same team, and they didn't do anything with it. So do I feel bad for him? It's not new. I felt bad for him for years, and now I just feel like he's an aging quarterback. Right. Yeah, I agree. That's basically it. Darrell Rivas got charged with aggravated assault, robbery, <laughs> terroristic threats, and conspiracy. Now is he officially not the best quarterback in the league, <laughs> or where we are already? Uh, we were already there. Probably. I just like. I was the, about to say, uh, and that's just what he did to fans of the New York Jets last oh, year. I like the second headline: is Jets trying to recoup some of Revis' bonus money? <laughs> uh, Panthers cut the uh, Mike Tolbert. Yeah, yeah uh, that's a possibility for he us. Made the Pro Bowl no. last year for some reason. Hey, he, he fits start. what we I way rather have for. Marcel Reese. I'm not saying that. Panthers, it's great. Fans, it can Panthers happen. Have said, fans have said he's not. He's not very good. So he's a he's um, a cog in a system. Let's see. Um, so I have a uh, hypothetical. Do you oh, want to- James Carpenter made more money last year than the entire Seahawks offensive line. Yep, that's just funny and sad. Uh, uh, so I have a hypothetical for you. Go ahead. Uh, so uh, James Garoppolo of the uh, <laughs> New England Patriots. Uh, they are saying that the price for him is. You get it, Nathan? James Garoppolo? A first round pick plus another high round pick. Yeah, it'll never happen. He's okay. in it. If, if Just, he, if wait, they, wait, that's wait, the wait, real wait. price, he's a Patriot next year. Go ahead and pause there. Hold on, wait, before, let me add to this. There okay. are supposedly are a lot of teams, Nathan, that are ready to back up the money truck or what, the draft pick truck to the Patriots. To get Jimmy Garoppolo, I'm James Garoppolo. So since you uh, since you jumped the gun, I already have your answer. But um, so let's say it was just for a first round pick, straight up first round pick for James Garoppolo. I, I mean, it depends on the, if it's the Browns and that really good first round pick. Then yeah, maybe they New England's going to take that in a cocaine heartbeat. Like the other thing is, um, this is a something going around the price for Kirk Cousins. If you have a top-end first-round pick, so basically if you're the 49ers. So the 49ers could basically either swap the second overall pick for James Garoppolo, or they could trade the second. They could swap first-round picks with the Redskins and give Washington a fourth or a fifth in exchange for Kirk Cousins. Yeah, don't forget about that swap. What do you think, Nathan? Which one do you think would be better, especially when you, and you have to take it salary into consideration? Cousins or Garoppolo? Uh, but yeah, but it's look look what you're getting. It's what you're giving up. I'm not going to gonna take a guy who only has 79 NFL snaps, dude. It's like not even or passes. Sorry, but it's not even close to me. Like, but that's Cousins the decision the, that Cousins apparently is... NFL teams are sweating over, which has me wondering why are they not just pulling the trigger on Cousins? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I know I've heard rumors that Cousins if 
if he hits the open market, he'll be the highest paid quarterback ever, which makes sense because like six teams with like eighty million dollars in cap room need a quarterback. <laughs> so, yeah. And yeah. they can't all sign Martellus Bennett for top dollar. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so the so you know one of the one of those teams is going to give him probably the richest contract in quarterback history. But you know what? Joe Flacco has makes the most money out of everyone. Like his cap hit is bigger than anyone else next year. Let's face so, it. Let's, the the highest paid quarterback is whoever the top ten quarterback is that signed the most recent contract with the way the cap's going. Sure, exactly. Absolutely. I mean, Russell Wilson well, actually, I feel like took a pretty significant discount in his contract. The more I look at it, the better it seems. Uh, because the cap keeps going up, and his contract was like the sixth most when he signed it. We said that in this podcast that right now it it doesn't look great, but trust me, in a year or two it's going to look awesome, and it does. Yeah, and I mean, for me, like you know, not not every team can have Tom Brady playing for one million dollars because his wife is a billionaire. Like that's just not a thing that most teams have the luxury. <laughs> Actually, of doing. you know what? If you look at career trajectories. Russell Wilson, when he's thirty-three, might be playing for one million dollars because his wife's a millionaire. Yeah, exactly. Same with Aaron. Same with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I'm just saying this is going well for us. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers. So um, yeah, I I don't know. Like I I would take Cousins. He's a sure thing. Like yeah, maybe without all the surrounding talent in Washington and the really good coaching. That's one thing you can't underestimate is that Washington's had really good coaching the last couple of years with Kirk Cousins yeah. and they have used him to the fullest of their abilities like he's a very accurate thrower he does some things very well he's not fast or athletic so like he has weaknesses and I will admit that he has played like a top 10 quarterback that probably actually isn't a top 10 quarterback in a vacuum you know but they don't play football in a vacuum thank god That'd be scary. They couldn't breathe. Yeah. So, um, the, <laughs> be problematic. The, <laughs> Though Goodell cares about that much about uh, player safety, so <laughs> I just think that y- you know right now, if you surround Kirk Cousins with good talent, your offense is going to be good. Like that's that's a fact. So okay. for me, like yeah, just give me Cousins. And Cousins is a thing. At the end of the day, is he seems this is stupid. This is dumb analysis, and I hate doing stuff like this. He seems like he really wants to win. He seems like he really cares. He's fired up. He, he likes that. He's a leader, you know, and that's what you want out of your quarterback. You don't want the guy, the quarterback to not be the captain. Uh, so, <laughs> so, and I know that's like that, that, that's like the, isn't that the knock on cousins that James he wasn't, T. Kirk cousins? He wasn't cousins. the cap, he wasn't the captain of his, of his, <laughs> no, that was, uh, team. that was the other Michigan State quarterback who just came out. The one that got drafted by Oakland. Oh, okay. But wrong <laughs> Connor, Michigan State Connor quarterback, Cook. Connor Cook. Okay. But yeah, okay. So, but I mean, yeah, that it's fine. Like you, you want guys that are just super fired up like that. Like he, I like him as a player and a person. He seems great. So yeah, give me, give me Kirk Cousins every day and all day on Sunday. And you'll know exactly how much Bill Belichick thinks of Jimmy Garoppolo by who he trades them to. If he trades them to like Houston, who's close, Jimmy Garoppolo sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo is the next Matt Castle, you know, and if he trades them to the Browns, Jimmy Garoppolo is probably pretty good. Because he's trying to make sure he can't come back to hunt him. Yeah. Because there's incentive for Hoodie to just keep Garoppolo for two more years, right? Like if he or really one think, more year even. If he really thinks he's good, Tom Brady's 40 years old. He's not going to play forever even though he still looks like he's 33. And he's probably the best competitor in NFL history. Or one of the best competitors in NFL history, right? He just seems like... He's overcome the odds at every. He's the John Cena of Quarter, the NFL. Quarterbacks, oh, I, I mean, I, in every. In way. that I hate him. Yeah, but exactly. It's, <laughs> John Cena is eminently hateable, just like Tom Brady. That's that's I a think, really that's a shockingly good comp. Yeah, exactly. Look at how Peyton Manning fell off a cliff, though. Yeah, but he had neck surgery. Tom, what does Tom he's Brady? Still, have? He still had a great year after that neck Tom surgery. Tom Brady goes home and cuddles Giselle. Like it's not that hard. 
not that hard of a life. There's, she's pretty bony, man. Don't, <laughs> don't, be, don't, don't, don't underestimate she's it. She's bony. Shut the hell up. <laughs> You're the worst. No, I'm just, I'm saying, like Tom Brady, one of these Go days. Look at your hope solo picks. I hate you. <laughs> Gross. No, ew. Kevin, out. Uh, no, just uh, Tom Brady. One of these days, you're going to be watching the television. You're going to be like, "Oh, oh, it's happening!" And then it's probably going to have happen five games after that. The thing is, if Tom Brady was going to be bad next year, he'd already be a free agent. Yep. You, Bill Belichick. Bill knows, Belichick's man. ruthless. He, they, he's ruthless, and they he knows like, he's not going to give Tom Brady some legacy deal or give him every shot. When Tom Brady, when it's over for Tom Brady, we'll know because Bill Belichick will be like, "Hey, Tom Brady, <laughs> it's been great." He's going to pull out the hit, yeah. He's calling John Wick on Tom Brady. They'll go play six injured games for the Chargers and then retire. Um, Well, Philip Rivers is a backup. Uh, Oh, man. Uh, Actually, this could be one of those rare NFL win-wins, too. Because, like you mentioned, that great coaching. I think Gruden could do something with a guy like Colt McCoy or, even better, Deshaun Watson as uh, kind of a West Coast quarterback. So if they can deal Cousins for a high first-round pick that could spend on some elite defensive talent, that could end up being a win for Washington, while the other team getting Cousins as an upgraded quarterback could be a win for them. This could end. This is the type of deal that could end up looking good for both teams. What if the okay? What about okay for the Cousins thing? Okay, if you franchise tag someone, okay, with the exclusive franchise tag, okay, very they can't negotiate with other teams, okay. So that's just over. The non-exclusive one, they can they can get two first-round picks back. What if they non-exclusive franchise cousins? Why wouldn't you? Would there is there team is there a team you think would just give up two first-round picks for him? Like, I think you should find Houston, out. Houston, I feel like would just snap do that because they're they're, they're really not, dumb. They, I don't they're think they do it in now. The of the first round though, and they're really dumb. I think here's the thing with Houston. As Osweiler, Osweiler makes something like. 18 million next year, like an 18, 17 million dollar sure, cap trade, hit. Trade him to the Browns. Browns are stupid. No, the Browns are not as stupid as the Texans. Yeah, and I just too. they have the they have the sabermetrics king yeah. or whatever. Now. I think they with actually Osweiler, have made some pretty smart, savvy moves the last two years. The Texans are either going to hang on yeah, to Hugh Osweiler Jackson, for one they're, they're as first, their starter. Their draft last year was really good too. Osweiler will hang on as a starter, or they're going to leave him on the bench as that as a huge cap hit. I just don't see that happening. Albatross. I feel like the Texans, yeah, the Texans just have to play him next year. So you're saying, uh. Mr. Savage will be starting for the Texans. Give him to me! Yeah, it could happen. <laughs> hey, did you know that uh, Justin Tucker got the non-exclusive franchise tag for the Ravens last Yes, year? I did. That's amazing. Because he's the best kicker in the NFL, bro. Give except except uh, how do you Kevin. How his left leg? Yeah, how's he, when is he not the best kicker? God. Kevin? Worst play in the when NFL he, in when 2016. They, when they run like a left-footed fake field goal that makes it so I don't win fantasy football. <laughs> <laughs> oh, best worst play of 2016. <laughs> and you know what? He didn't even end up signing the franchise tag. They ended up signing him to a four-year contract worth 16.8 million, which is way too much money to spend on a kicker, even the best one. All right, uh, you guys ready to to move on from NFL news? Yeah, yes. let's move on. I wish we could have played that game of guess the Browns cap space on the podcast because you guys were so off earlier. You can't I asked blame them us. That guess, was reasonable. They guessed like 40 million. I was like, nah, dog, more. No, I, I remember 56. First, I remember going really high. I was like 82. And you're like, no, higher. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. So when he said 82, I'm like, YOLO, 107. And he's like 105. And I'm like, that's, <laughs> that's insane. All right. Anyway. Um, so if you are like our friend Joshua from Eagle River and you enjoyed one of our suggested movies as he enjoyed the hunt for the wilder people, 
which is a very endearing, sweet movie. Um, go ahead and shoot us a message on Patreon or any other service to let us know that you enjoy a recommendation. These are quality films, except for Stone Cold, which is just an ent- entertaining film, which is a form of quality. Quiet. The boss is rad. All right. Yes, you used the term rad, which is everything we needed. <laughs> Thanks to our patrons, you know, all the the elite eight of you. You guys are awesome, and uh, you help us keep the podcast going. Yeah, I have a drawer full of stickers because of you. And, we'll uh, potentially soon, have a new mixer. Soon I'll point. have a new mixer because of you, and uh, I appreciate you, Papa Bless. Uh, I don't know what else to say. That's, uh, it. That's all I got. If you're following and you can, it's uh, buck twenty four a month. If you could jump on there and be part of Patreon, uh, we'd really appreciate it. It really helps keep things going for us. Uh, also, as always, hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, SoundCloud. Give us some likes, some shares. Uh, talk to me on Reddit. You know, just uh, keep the community going, even in the off season. This is a good time to grow. All right. So uh, we're going to start Movie Club now, and we're going to talk about a movie that got a uh, United States uh, remake in 2013 mm. that was really not as good as the 2003 original. Uh, so we're going to talk about uh, the Korean uh, thriller, Old Boy. Okay, and uh, I'm almost 100% sure Kevin hasn't seen this movie, but I'm I, I saw the Korean sure. movie with you. Oh, you watched it with on me. break from uh, Wazoo. Okay, good. I couldn't remember if I if you'd seen it or not. So that's about ten years ago or so. I was so I have s- not seen the remake, and that's because I didn't feel like it would be a movie that would remake well. I right. was so scared you were going to go into the remake. I was like, no, no, I didn't see this one. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see the Josh Brolin version. I've watched the remake. It is. Uh, it's like if you took the original and you poured. It's like the original is a nice. Uh, hot cup of black coffee it's real intense uh like that and it'd be like if you took that and you just uh, watered it down with a full gallon of water so Ew. basically it would be like if you took battle royale and then had the people behind the twilight movies refilm it oh they did that it's called the hunger games all right anyway uh <laughs> wait thank you for hitting it off the tee that was like that was like a, a i gave that, that one to you that was good meld right there <laughs> this is a jamie uh, moyer fastball <laughs> okay so the basic idea of this movie is it's it's a really uh, brutal revenge movie uh like maybe the uh most insane revenge movie of, of all time <laughs> would, it, would you agree with that yes what is that actor's name by the way the star of old boy uh Ch- Choi min sick i don't i'm i'm not it's sorry to all koreans i uh i, I think it's seek but whatever Either way, Choi Min Sik, he, uh, he is a very popular Korean actor. If you, I know there's probably a lot of people that are like, I don't watch a lot of Korean movies. But if you watch a lot of foreign films, Korean films, this guy, he is such an he was intense in Lucy actor. Too. The I never Amer- saw Lucy. The American movie, which is, uh, not as horrible as you'd think. That's a, <laughs> nice, it's a glowing review. Nice review. It will it. not That's be making Scarlett Johansson Limitless. Right? I like, I like Luke, Luke Besson. I know everyone hates him, but like, I, I don't know. I can kind of, I kind of dig it. Uh, anyway, whatever. This, it's a Either personal way, problem. Yeah, this is, uh, <laughs> Old Boy is a movie that it, it builds slow. And right. it's so, it just keeps like, oh, it's pretty brutal. Oh, it's getting more brutal. Whatever the plural for brutal is, it's doing that. And it's not like a saw stupid brutal. It's like, I don't know. It's like if falling down, was raising brutality instead of insanity. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> I can follow you, Kevin. Okay. And like, it's got I, that lobster boil. So do you want to give like the, the plot seed? Basically, uh, it's a guy. He's, uh, he's like a family guy. You know, he's a family man. He's got a kid and uh, a wife. And in the beginning of the movie, he gets like kidnapped. Then he wakes up in this room and he's stuck in this room for like 15 years. And there's no, no windows in this room. And is there's there? no, yeah. And it's, there, he can watch TV. <laughs> He can work out. He can like do stuff, but he's just trapped in this room and like no one will tell him what's going on. No one will tell him why he's there. And he's just, he's been in this room for super long. And, uh, and then eventually he gets out of the room and then he gets like taunting phone calls from the guy who captured him and all this crazy stuff happens. One of my favorite things is he's trying to figure out, you know, where that room was, the room that he was trapped in. And so they always would give him these dumplings. So he goes around town and he's just eating dumplings. Yeah. Trying yes. to find the same dumpling that was in the room because he wants to like get in and eat that dumpling. Which is so funny. The way you're talking about this right now, it made me smile because the way you're talking about it, it's kind of funny. But in the movie, you're like disturbed. Oh. Yeah. Well, yeah. You're like, oh, oh, oh man, he's eating dumplings. This is going to get crazy. Yeah. It was. <laughs> it's <laughs> weird. It's, it works though. Right. I mean, he eats the, and he, when he, he and you have that thought where you're like, oh shit, is that the dumpling? Yeah, and he's yeah. like, <laughs> and he's like two, and he's ate the same dumplings for like fifteen years. You know, he's good, when he eats the dumpling, he's gonna know. Yeah, you know what I mean. He's gonna know the taste of that dumpling. So, uh, yeah, and then I don't want to really spoil too much. Uh, the reason spoil another, a little. Another spoil, reason I picked the, the movie is because I feel like there's a lot of good twists and turns, and I felt like we wouldn't be able to talk about it too much in fear of giving too much away. But um, the I mean, the ending of the movie is is like it's intense. Like I cannot, I cannot describe it without doing it. But just know that, like, this movie has the most intense ending of almost any movie I can think of. Like, I can't think of very many movies where I was just like, "Wow, what just happened?" Like, holy smokes! And if uh, I'm remembering this movie well, uh, a big difference between this and a lot of the other movies that we rep that are foreign films, we've talked about like some Donnie Yen movies and some, uh, um. We talked about like Ong Bak and stuff where, uh, the, these really well choreographed action sequence movies, uh, these kind of Hong Kong action flicks. This is not that. Yeah. I was going to say, this is like, like, this is get, so not the that. main character gets in fights like several times in this movie, but it's just like he's fighting with the power of like the sheer force of his will. You know yeah. what I mean? It's not like his anger. He's just, he's mad. He wants to know why he's been tied up for 15 years. His daughter is gone. His family is ruined. Like, why has this happened to me? Like, I, I need to figure it out. And he, you know, like when he finds the place that he used to be in, you know, he, he fights through some of it. And it's like, he, it's the just PTSD sheer, is it's severe. Sheer, sheer force of will. It's like he is getting through these fights because he is just like so much. He's so angry. Because he needs an answer. Yeah. Yeah. He needs to know. He needs to know what, what's Actually, going on. You know what it kind of makes me think of a little bit is Blue Ruin. Yeah, that's... in that Blue Ruin is like and is like Blue a revenge a movie. If animal. someone was really trying to get revenge, not if you're Liam Neeson in Taken, like this is like <laughs> if something really messed up happened to someone, this is one course norm- of action they could actually take. A normal and the results- person, yes, exactly. Yes. Like a dude, just just someone you know. Like if you're listening, your your brother, your husband, you. It, it doesn't it doesn't matter and this is a movie like i i don't remember specific scenes that well because it's been a while but this is a movie that really had feel 
Like, I, the, the way that it's shot, um, really conveys an emotional tone. Like, I, I seem to remember this being a well filmed movie. It conveys a lot of frustration. There is a, there's like an ancient Greek story that it's also, uh, based on, but I can't like give, I can't say exactly what story it is without giving away like significant plot points, but just know there's like a real Greek tragedy allegory that you can like really, dig into at the end of the movie and i know it's a 13 year old movie but since it's a foreign film like i don't want to just give everything away because i bet you a lot of people who are going to hear this have not seen it uh i like i said i never saw the remake did the remake capture any of that um i never saw that either kevin the remake so the spike lee remake uh, uh. did it capture a lot of it i would say no so if you've um, seen that, it really doesn't it was, ruin the new it one. It was, gr- it was, it was like, it's like the safe version, you know, and then it didn't add anything to it. It wasn't like, oh, it's just, it's just, it was like. So it really is like Battle Royale going to Hunger Games. Okay. Yeah. Right. That's the, that, so I think that okay. analogy really works for me. Um, so yeah. Because for I those of you who have not seen Battle Royale, I, that, there's no way that's not going to make this at some point. That movie is brutality. <coughs> oh, that yeah. movie, it just screws with you. Kevin Kevin talked about Blue Ruin. It's another revenge movie. And I don't know if that movie is on our list. Uh, we about. did it. We did not do Blue Ruin. Did we? Uh, we did Blue Ruin because we couldn't do Green Room. Right, Nate? I don't think so. Do we do that color? That seems like a funny color thing to do. Blue Ruin and Green Room are the same director and... Uh, I maybe have some of these movies on my uh, my list of movies to okay, talk about. Okay, but we haven't done Blue Ruin yet? Or Green Room. Okay. Either way, with Blue Ruin... Um, it, you this, can talk about it all you want, though. Well, I would just say, like, I don't know if it's on the list or not. It's another revenge movie. It's another intense movie. Also, Old Boy reminds me of one of my favorite movies I've ever seen. Pro- definitely my favorite foreign film. Uh, I Saw the Devil, another Korean movie. That movie... That movie's that, intense like that. That movie is, I would say, just as intense in a different ways. That. Another thing about these, these movies, I saw The Devil or Old Boy and stuff, they show the kind of the dark side of revenge. You know, a lot of revenge movies, you're rooting for the revenge. And then in these movies, it shows like there's a cost. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, like, we, yeah, let's, there's let's some take humanity John Wick. lost. You we lose, love John Wick. You lose your humanity when you get revenge. John Wick's just like, you're like, yeah, keep, keep shooting yeah. people in the head. It's, it's like, fun. It's, it's, it's though it does also it's, kind of show like that loss of humanity a little bit, but <clears> it doesn't as it's, it's like a comic book movie without being a comic book movie though. Yeah. This but, is not that. Old Boy was originally a manga. Like actually. So, That's very different though. <laughs> yeah. It is for sure. Yeah, and but old boy and I saw the devil. Those are those are movies that play and Blue Ruin also to an extent that just play with like, oh my gosh, this sucks. This like this sucks for everyone involved. Everyone involved. Yeah, there's a there's a very big like biting your nose off to spite your face. Yes, uh, moral of the story. Nathan, good choice. Right. Well, yep, very interesting. Uh, watch old boy. Email us about how we uh, made you watch something so messed up. <laughs> be like be like we hate you now and uh if you're not into you know if you can't don't have the stomach for it just don't watch it like i'm it's not for everyone this movie yeah we didn't use this word but it's gory yeah it's gory it's brutal it's uh and it takes a while to get there you're gonna you're gonna watch it if you choose to watch it you're gonna say like hurry up what am i doing and then don't don't this worry movie it gets, gets in your head man like you you think back. You think back on it a bunch. Like I think back. I think about this movie every once in a while, and I probably haven't watched it in like six or seven years. But every once in a while, I think about it and be like, man. But if you enjoy movies movie. like like if you've seen Blue Ruin and you enjoyed it, if you 
Uh, Donnie Darko, to an extent, I think you can think about it this way, as far as just, like, uh, movies that kind of, they give it to you a spoonful at a time. Mm-hmm. And you are taking a trip, and you are taking a journey, and you have to be someone who can really get into that kind of movie, but if you can, the payoff's there. Yeah, but, like, if you think, like, The Punisher's cool, and you, like, want to see it at the next level, like... That's kind of where I think that this movie is. It's like the max. I don't. That's know. fair, yeah. So yeah, there, there. That's that's my uh, my final my final call on old boy. Um. Yeah. All right. So uh, if you uh, if you want to support us, uh, hit us on Patreon or give us a five star review on iTunes. Uh, that really helps. It helps way more than you think. Uh, if you give us five star on iTunes and you listen for the full hour, all you gotta do is send me an email saying. Your address, and I will send you a sticker. First, let's say five people. Does that sound? Yep, yep, that sounds good. good. Nice, uh, and that's and it, that podcast includes, at from the Hawks. That includes you, Southern Hemisphere's best Seahawks fan. I don't have your address, so send me that address, and I'll get you that sticker. International shipping is okay with me. There you go. Once you figured out, it was like two. Cents well, I, I thought I could look it up through Patreon, but it, I couldn't. I don't know. There's like a weird thing where it's like only people who donate at a certain level I can look at their address. I don't really know. Yeah. Honestly, I'm just not that smart. <laughs> uh, Patreon's uh, for those of you out there wondering. Patreon's user interface not that user friendly. No, it's more it, face, less user. It gets the money into my PayPal account, which I appreciate. That's about all I can say about it. All right, for Kevin Garber, for Eric Ronnebeck, I'm Nathan Santo, and to our executive producers Brett Hancock and Terry Santo. I'll see you next week. Go Hawks. <laughs>